Hey, everybody. Uh, I want to tell you about a podcast that I listen to on a regular basis. It's called Forward Obsessed. And so the hosts of Forward Obsessed are David Salinas and Pete Senna, two previous guests uh, of the CT Startup Podcast. And so when they were on our podcast, they were talking about all the things that they're obsessed with, the, the way they're thinking about the future, uh, how they started their business and everything, and what ideas they're trying to bring to life. And guess what? We're actually sitting in one of those ideas right now, their podcast studio at their home base at Digital Surgeons. And so their podcast, Forward Obsessed, is talking with entrepreneurs, innovators, uh, you know, forward thinkers about, you know, where they started, where they got, uh, where they're going to, and, um, you know, about all the uh, aha moments uh, along the way. And so, uh, so I think you should go check it out. It's called Forward Obsessed. It's on all the major platforms. And again, I listen to it on a regular basis. Um, I get inspiration from it on a daily basis. So um, you should too. So uh, go check it out. It's called Forward Obsessed on all the major platforms. And it's hosted by David Salinas and Pete Senna. This is CT Startup, your source for information on entrepreneurs, investors, and resources in the Connecticut startup ecosystem. From university campuses to industrial labs, from Stanford to Hartford, and from Danbury to Norwich, if it's happening out there in Connecticut, you'll find it in here. Welcome to CT Startup. All right, welcome back to another episode of the CT Startup Podcast. Uh, one of the things I like about the podcast is that I get to bring people on that I saw the evolution of the business and kind of got to talk to them uh, at different stages. And we have one of those guests today, Ryan Gresh from the Feel Good Lab. How you doing, Ryan? Eric, I'm doing great, man. Great to be back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So tell us, where is the Feel Good Lab right now? Well, the Feel Good Lab, you know, the way I like to tell people is we are about to be a six-year overnight success. And anybody who's an entrepreneur, especially nowadays, things are getting pretty tough out there with raising funds, et cetera, you know, the economy. But it takes so much longer and costs so much more than you ever <laughs> expected. And that's probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned. I would have thought six years ago that we'd be where we are today in one year, let alone six. At the same time, now that I know what I know, I'm so proud of where we've come from. And it's almost like that naivety of, of not knowing how hard it would be is a blessing because you have this insane excitement in the early days, and it that's what gets you through the hard times. So basically where we're at right now is we're really focused on, on getting profitable, and we've done so for the first time in company history over the past two months, not making a big profit, yep. but that's gonna allow us to weather the storm that we think is coming. Yeah, first of all, the little wins, right? The little wins of, you know, we were just a little bit profitable, next month's gonna be a little bit more profitable, right? So you, you gotta you gotta take those. And yeah, it's like, it's in, we are going into a little phase right now where it's like, what is ahead of us? The last two years were wild regardless, mm -hmm. right? But like, what's coming ahead? And it is one of those things where it's like the, um, what is it, like survivorship bias, right? Only the companies that survive or just keep going are the ones you talk about, anyways, right? And so that's almost one of the one of the things about the next couple of years. Like, it's just like, for some companies, we just got to survive it. We just got to make sure we have enough to get through it. While other companies are going to say, "Wow, there's an opportunity for me to even flourish even more," right? Totally. But at the same time, we also believe that it's our time to shine. So we've kind of been. You know, we've, we're proud of where we are. We've done a million dollars in lifetime sales. We've sold tens of thousands of products. We know that our product works and people love it. Now, it's how can we scale our marketing? How can we really get the word out there and do it at scale? And that's, to me, what the second half of this year is all about. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. So, where, so one, when you first came on the first time, I think you just had your flagship products, right? There was Sport Recovery. And I wouldn't the, be surprised if we only had the one natural pain cream. Yeah, yeah I think that, that might have been it. And then so you, the next time you came on, you had both of them, right? And so mm -hmm. now you have a whole line, right? So yeah. like, what was the progression of the, uh, the products? And like, 
is this on the product roadmap or did these things just kind of pop up? It's definitely on the product roadmap, but things have really gotten solidified over the past few years. And so everything that we do is backed by what my dad does day to day in our family pharmacy and functional medicine practice. And so one of the things he learned early on, he was a pharmacist for the past 30 years treating chronic pain. My grandpa was a pharmacist for my aunts and uncles, my brother, it's the family business. Mm -hmm. And what he found is a lot of the pharmaceuticals are the best treatments in the world for acute care. But when it comes to chronic care, like chronic pain, mm -hmm. we use those same tools to try to treat chronic conditions where in our opinion, if we don't address the underlying root cause, we're never gonna make an impact. Mm -hmm. And so he looked at it from a different perspective and that's when he opened up the functional medicine practice which is this relentless, um, you know, zooming into each individual person's root causes and figuring out what they are. And so he had a lot of tools that he's developed over the years that we then at the Feel Good Lab take to market. Mm -hmm. So he works on them one-on-one -on -one in our local community and then we're sitting there at the dinner table learning about the tools that he's Identifying using. Identifying the trends, being like, okay, maybe we should do yeah. that because everybody has that problem. Right? Exactly. So the next line, you know, the next iteration for us on the side of our OTC topical pain relievers that are registered with the FDA to make claims, et cetera, was to look at how we can improve. We call it fighting pain with wellness. Mm -hmm. And what that means is we can improve our overall wellness, which oftentimes is more than just products, actually. The biggest thing you can do is your lifestyle, your diet, your sleep, your mindset, your relationships, all of those things, in our opinion, play a bigger role than any product ever could. Mm -hmm. But then we looked at some of the other supplements my dad was having great success with. So we launched a very high-quality fish oil. We launched a high-quality curcumin, which is based on the turmeric root, one of the most potent anti-inflammatories that we know of. So that's really helpful for people that deal with chronic arthritis and things like mm -hmm. that. We launched a vitamin D. You know, people know a lot about vitamin D for immunity, but vitamin D plays such an important role. We think it's actually the most important vitamin out there. And is it technically, like, again, uh, this is my, um, you know, I play the doctor on the internet because I listen to so many podcasts, right? Sure. You know, you can talk about it, but, like, I'm, uh, they say that vitamin D is also a hormone, right? Like, it's not just a vitamin, but it can act as, like, a hormone in your body. Totally. It has so many different things. And honestly, my dad's the expert. You want to get into the details <laughs> yeah. of that? Um, but from a standpoint of how it can help our current customers, we looked at, okay, we have these customers either in pain or that are elite athletes. How can we help them improve their overall wellness so that they can fight this pain or improve their recovery even more? Mm -hmm. And so those are the first products that we launched with the line of supplements. And then even more recently, about a month and a half ago, this is the thing I'm the most excited about. It's brand new. It's going to take some time to get working. But my dad had access to this tool called a food inflammation test. So it's an at-home blood test. You get a kit mailed to you from us now mm -hmm. that we've launched it. We mail you a kit. You do a quick little finger prick. You fill up five little blood spots on a card. You let it dry for 20 minutes, mail it back into the lab. And within five to seven business days, the lab then sends us a report on exactly what foods in your body are causing inflammation. So when we look at chronic disease, chronic pain, out-of-control inflammation is almost always one of the root causes. It's not the only one, but we can almost guarantee that there's an out-of-control inflammatory component. Yep. The reason is... Unfortunately, the foods that we eat, the toxins that we're exposed to, the stress that we're under, it basically creates this like perfect storm. And that out of control inflammation means that even if you get the best pain reliever in the world, that root cause is not going away. And so this food inflammation test allows people to then make changes to their diet that's personalized for them. Mm -hmm. So what's so special about it is there's tons of food sensitivity tests on the market. And we, we look up to some of those companies. I mean, one of them just raised it like a multi-billion dollar valuation with their food sensitivity test. But there's also problems with what they're doing because they're only looking at one side of the puzzle, which oftentimes can give you a lot of false positives. It doesn't give you data that you really know what to do with.
So I guess where where does yours like stack up against that? Like what's different about yours versus yours? Yeah, theirs? and this is where it gets a little bit into the science, and you can learn more okay. about it on our website okay. at thefeelgoodlab.com. But the difference is they, they measure an immune response called immunoglobulin G, or IgG. And this is basically saying that the body saw this food mm -hmm. and it did something about it. The problem with that is that doesn't mean that there was a negative repercussion. So it doesn't necessarily mean that that's one of the foods that we need to focus on. Okay. It just means that the immune response is, is triggered by it. So they, so they, they, they monitor the response to like the, the, the Correct. food. Correct. Okay. So as an example, they take your blood card and then they'll take individual food proteins and combine it with your blood and see if that immune response happens. Here's where our test is different. We work with this amazing scientist who developed and patented this where he said, you know, it's not just about the immune response. How do we see if there's inflammation being caused? Mm -hmm. And he found what's called complement protein C3D. So in the same panel, this is where his test is patented, under the same panel we say is there an immune response with an IgG plus a complement protein at the same time. And then we measure the severity of that. So you'll get a test back that says either four, five, four, three, two, one, the level of severity, and it'll let you create a hierarchy of what foods may be causing the biggest issues for you. Interesting. And so like, so one of the things about like health and like just how people feel and everything, like again, food, everything is like, you know, back in like, I don't know when, the 70s or whatever, when the food pyramid was, was created, the idea of it was just like, you can basically create a, a general diet that would work for everybody, mm -hmm. right? And that's clearly not the case. And it's one of those things where like the biohacking community, which is like, I kind of feel like the Feel Good Lab almost kind of kind of bred out of that. Like, how do I feel better? What do I have to do to that, right? It's not just eating better, taking vitamins, like it's the whole piece, right? And so it's like personalized food, personalized health. Like it, we're coming into an age where that is definitely way more important. There's obviously, clearly there's opportunity in it. You, you see it, right? And so, I mean, one thing that I keep on hearing about is inflammation. Inflammation yep. is like the cause of so much stuff, right? And then once you start kind of taking this data in, and then you start, eat, you eat something and you feel the response to it, right? And, you're, and you let your body respond to it. I'm, and, and I know I've cut out a lot of the foods that I eat, the way I eat at parties, that before I eat at parties, I've mixed all these different things together. And the next day I'm just like, what is going on in my stomach, right? So it's one of those things where it's almost being aware. And it's, I mean, I actually equate it to like the entrepreneurial journey because you're learning as you go. You see how mm -hmm. different things react, how yes. different things happen. You adjust your course, right? At certain times, like as you know, you're, I assume you're at the point in your business where when you're going to launch a product you think you you like you you this what worked in the past is how i looked at i'm looking at it differently i'm trying i'm coming at it from a different angle and so you can probably put that product out faster right and a lot more ease and a little bit smoother and again with health it's more just like you're you're understanding what affects your body how you take things and then you can adjust quicker right yeah, i'm going to cut 100%. it out or i'm not going to eat as much or i'm not going to again we were just talking about intermittent fasting right so it's just it's it, it is the personalized health kind of like trend is that kind of the wave that feel good lab is kind of building on 100 percent. we see a day where we don't even we're not even really known for our products yep and our vision is to almost be a media company imagine the web md of mm -hmm. the future that's for wellness the place where you want to go to understand the latest and greatest ways that you can improve your health and wellness and not even need products. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the ways we're doing that now is is we're hiring coaches, health coaches, okay. to be our customer service reps because the uh, way that a, we okay, can help yeah. people just when they contact me, no, I'm acting as that right now. I'm not <laughs> yeah, a health coach, yeah, yeah. but I'm also so passionate about this, yeah, I can yeah. be. And here's another piece of the puzzle. You know, I'm a believer that whether you think you can or can't, you're often right. And so in medicine, 
This is scary for people to talk about oftentimes, especially an OTC pain relief company like us. But the most repeatable thing that I've ever seen in medicine is the placebo effect. Uh, and that's documented and it's proven time and time right. again, right? And so one of the ways, we're not saying that our product is a placebo, no. But the bedside manner and the way we treat people matters. Oh. And so this is one of the scary things for the demographic that we are dealing with. There's 100 million people in the US in chronic pain. That's like a third of our adult population. It's insane. Two thirds of those people, and we've gotten this data, and we've also t surveyed our customers, and even our customers that are on the healthy end of this still came back with the same. Two thirds of them believe they will never, ever, ever live another day 100% pain free for the rest of their life. Like ever. With no, without anything. Like they're just, they just have that kind of like that negative. Nothing kind of like will ever help them. There are things that can take the edge off, but they'll never be 100% pain-free or cured. Yep. And that's actually what we're fighting. We're trying to give them hope. I'm not saying it's as easy as take two or three of these products and you're going to be pain-free. It is definitely not that easy. <laughs> yeah, no. Unfortunately, it takes a massive shift in almost yep. every area of your life. But what I am saying is there's hope. Yep. No doubt about it. And well, and that's it's it's a perspective thing. It's like saying like like I'm on a path, it's a journey, it's gonna take a while, and I think there is this end goal, or there is not this end goal, and I'm just being pushed along this path until the pain gets too bad and or I'm, I don't feel it because I'm not here, right? Right. Kind of a thing. So like that's again, perspective is huge, placebo is huge. I mean, it, it's almost an entrepreneur, right? Everything that happens in their business or whatever is is the end of the world. We're not gonna recover from it. Whereas, oh wow, this is an opportunity to do XYZ. This is an opportunity to do this, right? And so it's just it's 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 a frame of mind. It's totally frame of mind. As a good example with the food inflammation test, you know, we've done about a hundred so far. I would say most people are actually surprising me and reacting in a way where they see the food show up, gluten as an example, that shows up very often, eggs, dairy. And instead of being like, oh, no. You're like, I they, knew it. <laughs> no, some of them, yes. But the big, this gets me so excited because they go, yes, I eat those every day. And it took me a while to realize they see this as a massive opportunity for improvement. If they something showed up that they never eat, how oh. good is that data? Oh, okay. What's that yeah, going to do? Yeah. Right? Some people do. Mm. Oh, yes, things that I love didn't show up. You know, and there's a balance. I changed my perspective to look at food as fuel. Yeah, and I mean, that's when I started intermittent fasting, et cetera, et cetera. Do I cheat sometimes? Of course okay. I do. Yeah, yeah. Be being too strict and not giving yourself kind of leeway right. kind of is the opposite. It's almost just like, again, being too critical of yourself, not giving yourself kind of like the pat on the back sometimes mm -hmm. when you need it. And so it's, again, it's, it's, it's too much of either way. It's, it's, not, it's not a good thing, right? Totally. Um, no, this is, this is interesting. And again, this is, this is one of those things where from an entrepreneurial perspective, it's like you need to go longer and, and, and faster. And, and so, like, again, for instance, like with I have kids now. I have to literally, literally change how I think about when I can work, you know, because honestly, like my best time to like have nobody around or like nobody in my face is probably between 8.30 and 1 a.m. You know what I'm saying? Like technically, that's probably the best time unless it's like maybe at 4 a.m. or I, I'm almost a late night person. Yeah. But then I have to change about how I'm going throughout the day to make sure I have the energy and not fall asleep after I eat a big dinner. Totally. You know what I'm saying? So like you're fasting. We were just talking about the lethargic nature of eating lunch. You go to, to a lunch, to, um, you know, kind of a networking event. And then afterwards you're like, ugh, I don't really feel like talking to this person for another or networking and talking with all these people. So that's I've had to change it. And it's just like, again, your lifestyle and, and all that good stuff. So well, to that point and what you're dealing with, and this is anecdotal. I kind of made up this theory <laughs> in my head, but there's probably some backing behind it. So I look at food, right? The human being can go like, 
I don't know, some, some people say up to 30 days without eating food. I mean, it's a long time, mm -hmm. right? So, like, we really don't need three meals a day, yep. you know? And so it's, it's not easy when you've been conditioned to do it every day, but the point is is that we can go a pretty good long time without food. Yep. We can go a lot less without water. And so I look at water and hydration on the hierarchy. We actually uh, launched a you know really cheap hydration product. It just adds some trace min minerals and electrolytes to your water to make sure you're properly hydrated. So I look at the hierarchy as food, then water, but guess what number one is? What? And you just talked about it. With sleep. Sleep. You, yeah. you can't even yeah. run a clinical study on yeah. sleep deprivation anymore. In fact, they torture people with sleep deprivation. It's, it's like, a, and it's very effective. Like, very it's effective. It's like very effective. <laughs> so uh, literally, you you have twins, right? I, well, I've, th I have, I've had three kids uh, in the past two years. So I've, yeah, I have three under two. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, you're basically being tortured every night. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, it's like, I, I will have to say is that my wife and I will go out and people will be like, we tell them we have three under two and they'll be like, it seems like you've gotten some sleep. And it's just like, you know, like, yeah, we, I mean, I will have to say is that you'll find out if you have kids. It's just like, there are sleep regressions. There's kind of things when you notice your kids are going through leaps. And actually, David Salinas from Digital Surgeons talked about it one time. He was just like, your kid goes through leaps where like, they're changing, they're learning stuff. And like, through that time, it's like, they may not sleep well, or they may be up, or they may be irritable, right? So it, it is one of those things where um, we have been lucky with our kids that they, they sleep. Um, but again, getting five straight hours of sleep with, with three under two, that, that's like a blessing, right? And there's when we get a night of like, you know, seven plus hours, like we're just like, oh my, like that's, whew. And then it shows. I mean, you, you it, it, in every aspect of your life, it shows. Yes. You know, you know so, but again, 100%. Um, but that's again, the thing with, with whether it be entrepreneurship or your health, like there's a lot of information. It takes time to really... One, take in the information, digest it, like literally and figuratively, and then apply it because it's a habit that you're building. I mean, I'll be the, I mean, I will binge eat like no other, you know, like in the, if like high of emotions, low of emotions, like there's opportunities where you just keep going, you know, and there's certain foods that I just can't, you know, do that with. And there's also the same, I mean, there's, again, you can make the comparisons to business and other parts of life, but that's the one thing about, I mean, with Trifecta, we got into it because I wanted to start eating healthier. So I was like, mm -hmm. well, let's start gardening, right? And then like, where does that lead to? Let's own a farm, right? And then, but then you understand like what it takes to actually grow and like healthy food and, and all that good stuff, right? And it's just one of those things where sometimes it can be overwhelming, but you just got to pinpoint like, I'm just going to do this to get my health better, right? I'm going to focus on my sleep. And you're I'm going to focus on drinking more water. Yeah. And then I'm going to focus on this. Then I, it's like a building block, right? That's our vision, <laughs> right? You just nailed our vision. It is so hard to know who to trust and where to go right now. And I don't think that we're going to be the end all, be all. Yeah. No, that's not the goal. But we want to help be a resource and be a, a trustworthy place that you can go and get information to help you make actionable changes. Yeah. Because like you just said, you could have the perfect data in the world. You can know exactly what foods are causing the problems. And I'm not even saying our test is going to tell you that. Our yep. test is going to give you an idea. Yep. But the reality is you're the only one who knows, and you're going to need to make those changes and track your symptoms over the course of two months. But even if you know the data, if you don't execute, what? bring it back to business, yep. right? One of the things, I'm an idea guy, <laughs> and I used to think I was going to be a great entrepreneur because I can come up with ideas. <laughs> Me, I, 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 I'm right there with you. <laughs> you know, we could sit here right now and come up with a billion-dollar business idea. And then we'll need a David Salinas to come in and execute for us because yeah. execution yeah. is the only thing that matters. And that's what separates the real great businesses 
from ones that are just, you know, floating around and surviving. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, uh, with health and wellness, it takes time, like yes. li years. Like it's not something where you should think it's going to be an overnight, like even a year, six months. To, uh, and then again, you go two years of three years of con constant work and then you're not doing anything for three months and then boom, you're right back where you started. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, so I guess like that's a kind of interesting place. Like I assume the last two years with everything that happened with COVID every, I mean, we talked before COVID. So I like, is, has this been good for your business? And what I mean by that is like, has it woken people up to like be thinking about this a little bit more and stuff like that? I mean, I, I assume it wasn't, it didn't help with like supply chain and everything, but yeah. it's like, you know, so, has it been good for business? Absolutely. And I'll never be one to complain about the hand that we're dealt, ever. Uh, Again, perspective. Good job. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, though, we had gotten in that you can't make this stuff up, okay? We worked so hard to get into CVS and Target, the two best retailers that you could sell an OTC topical pain reliever in the world. And I'm not kidding you. The week that we got on the shelves, and we pulled this off by the... Like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we had no margin for error because it was as COVID was building. The week that we got on the shelves was the week that the world shut down. And so what we learned is, you know, that was catastrophic to us because we had a brand new brand in a very crowded category where there was basically zero people going and browsing the shelves, picking up boxes and trying to learn. They were in and out, yep. if at all shopping, if even going in there. So the thing we worked for four years to get ended up being one of the biggest mistakes we ever made because we didn't have the money to really pull the people into the store, let alone if we even could during COVID, right? Mm -hmm. But our plans got absolutely upended. Now, I tell that story because we've learned a lot of important lessons. The biggest one being, and I have a mentor that recently framed it for me this way, it totally changed my perspective. He goes, Rye, why are you trying to be like everybody else in your category? It's a simple idea once he says it, right? <laughs> totally. And by what he means is traditional retail, all the ways that yep. all of our competition is doing it. It doesn't mean that one day we won't be sold in CVS and Target and absolutely mm -hmm. crush it. We will be. Is that the best focus for us with the tiny lean team that we have? Mm -hmm. Probably not. It costs a ton of money. It takes a lot of energy. The cash flow and the payment terms are awful. Mm -hmm. So what we're focused on now is our website, Amazon. Yep. And we just got on QVC. We'll be airing in about, I'm hoping, three weeks. I passed my uh, on-air test this morning. So. <laughs> Very good. So, it, so it's kind of, you said something earlier, is that you want to be the people, like, content. You're, you're a content company, right? Brand company. Like, that, like you're building the brand. And I assume that was the, also the lesson learned about getting into the shelves, because you're like, well, fuck, I, need, I still need the brand on the other side yes. to pull people into the stores to buy it. 100%. And if I'm spending the time to do that, then they're going to my website. They're going to the channels that I'm pushing them towards, yep. right? Like, why? Because, again, everybody was still buying. I mean, there was a massive spree of people buying stuff from Target and CBS, right. but it was online, right? It was online. Exactly. And that's one of the <laughs> things we learned. Like, I'll never forget how naive I was. I, last time I really celebrated was when we got into CVS and Target because those happened within the same week. We actually were able to leverage one to get the other. And you shipped it. You were like, you, you did it. You like yeah, we, the but, but I thought we were going to make it. Like, I thought that things, because our case study was one of our big competitors, Biofreeze. They just sold for a couple billion dollars, and they did it on the back of some significant retail growth with these same retailers, where they grew in like two, three years' time to a $100 million a year company in these channels. Yep. So we were like, oh, my God, we're the next Biofreeze. Well, sure enough, having a beautiful package and a better product on shelf doesn't sell. 
And ultimately, in that aisle, I would go there during COVID with my mask on and peer over and just watch people interact with the aisle. And I would hear people talk out loud to themselves, talk out loud, and say, the prices out loud. They didn't look at the ingredients. They didn't read what's different about it. They just said the price. So when you want to compete at the mass level like that, it's it's, price. It's price. Or... It's the pharmacist saying, hey, why don't you go down the pain relief aisle and check out this new product from the Field Lab? I'm having great success with people that are dealing with what you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's It's got to be more than just sitting on the shelf. And I didn't know that. And I'm embarrassed to say it. Like now, yeah, yeah. oh, I know it now. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's the lesson that you had to do it that way. Totally. You, you had to do it. Because, again, if somebody came to you, I mean, granted, there's some people that we know that probably were like, dude, you got to focus on the content. And it's like, we all know the game plan. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, it's not like it's one of those things where a lot of times where it's like, we know what to do because we people have said it. We've seen other companies do it, right? And like, we know to create content. That's not even content that's saying, buy my, buy my stuff. It's saying, listen, here, just take this content, do what you will with it, right? And that builds the brand that, you know, gets the other stuff. And like, again, you could have been, the, you know, if you were talking, basically, you had those two main products, you know, the, the, the cream and the lotion, and then you're talking about how to biohack and how to understand your stuff, like what you eat and how it connects to your body. You did that for a year and then you launched the, the, um, the test. Well, that's, that's all your marketing and all your branding and all toward that. And then you bring, come back to it. So it's like one of those things where as entrepreneurs, you have to, you have to take the journey. You have to finally ship things. You have to see things through to know, well, that worked or that didn't. And not be, not be, don't let it crush your soul too much, right? Mm-hmm. You celebrated, you got the crushing feeling, and you moved on, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, now I'm kind of like I'm kind of beat up over that. But I want to I want to pause on something you just said because this is a hunch I have. I'd like to prove it out someday. A lot of people ask me like, oh, if you could start all over again, mm-hmm. what would you do? And my theory is is that I would not start with a product. I would genuinely build a community of like-minded people. Mm-hmm that are dedicated to this. And out of that community, once it was ready, first of all, I'd listen to them. Yep. And I would make sure that I developed the products just for them. And then I would launch the products on the back of that. It's just a lot harder when you sell a product, when you sell something yep. to build that authentic connection. We're trying, we're doing it. You know, We will do it. I, I, I do believe that we will succeed mm-hmm. in it because it's so core to our mission. But it's a lot harder when you're selling something. There's people are a little bit more skeptical. If, we, if the Feel Good Lab was a place to come to come together and learn from each other, it would have been a much different way to build community. And then on the back of it, like you said, if we, if, even if we did that when we just had the first two products, yep. I think that would have been beneficial. So I, I saw a recent quote, uh, um, I think it was maybe on LinkedIn or something, or it was a post, and it was talking about like your product roadmap and, and, and uh, launching product. And it said that if you don't space in customer response or customer feedback, Within that, like like it's a it's a cadence of customer response and customer feedback, then you're not really doing it right because and especially in the early days where you have to continually do that to make so so you have the minimal viable product, then the minimal sellable product, right, and then the mm-hmm. product that's your cash cow hopefully, right, the one that's that's a sticking power, and so that is one of those things where community. If you build a community first, you get that feedback and so forth. Um, it is kind of like th- th- that question. If I were to ask that question right now, like in, and I think as entrepreneurs, it changes. If you, if totally. I ask that question two weeks from now or a month from now, you may have a little bit different response, right? Because, um, and like if, if I were to ask myself that today, I would almost say I needed to have tougher conversations with my business partners much sooner and not even in like, and, and I, almost thought it was like you're always have like that kind of uh, um, 
uh, agnot or like kind of um, um, miss the word, but like kind of like a, a relationship where it's like a, a, you're butting heads, yeah. but you're actually like you're 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 sharpening each other's tools by like having those cover conversations, calling me out, calling you out, and moving through problems a lot quicker, right? Because we 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 both talked about it off air about like the issues that we've had with business partners and so forth, and just the changes and this and that, and it's one of those things where um, again, there's moments that are happening. I'm at the stage in my life and recent events that have happened where it's like those are the conversations I wish I had, you know harder, which I know would have actually progressed the business quicker, right? Totally. Which again, again, I'm going to put it back to this is like, we don't have those tough conversations about our health. And like, you know, yeah. like it's just like those, those kind of similarities. And again, you and I are in, uh, our business are on like different spectrums of like the health kind of a side of things. Right. Um, uh, but it's one of the things where like a lot of the similarities in, in terms of like our customer base and the people that we're trying to talk to are trying to better themselves regardless. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, they're trying to better themselves. But here's something interesting. <laughs> The people that need us the most aren't there yet. And yeah, so it's yeah. our job. Yeah. There's two sides to this. One is we're learning that and we're kind of focusing on the early adopters. So we're focusing more on the yeah. people that are kind of like already 80% there. If they're, if you're already looking for this stuff, yeah. you're doing an amazing job. And However, that person's going to tell somebody. Like they're, they're going to the definitely. Adapters and they tell people about it, right? Yep. But the people I talk to, you know, I do all the customer service, so I get mm. phone calls every day. Mm. And our, our customer avatar, we call her Battling Barbara. And I'm not kidding. You, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I the, like that. The like number that of Barbaras <laughs> we have on our customer list, it's a lot. Yeah, and it gives yeah, you an yeah. idea who they are. But she's that person I told you about that's had arthritis for 15 years and nothing has ever worked. Yep. And so she calls me up angry. And once you, know, you, you have those great conversations, but you then start to, it, it's hard. I'm not going to sit here as a healthy 35-year-old guy, relatively healthy, knock on wood, and try to tell her what she needs to do. But I'm trying to show her a different way. And that to me is kind of the most fun but the biggest challenge right now yeah. of like the demographic that needs us the most is the one that's the most resistant. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, the one thing that's great about Battle and Barbara is that she is so committed to getting rid of her pain. She doesn't really care about anything else. If you tell her that she can play with her grandkids or, or her husband can go golfing again because that debilitating chronic pain can go away, I mean, she is motivated to do what it takes. She just has to get enough hope to realize that there is there is a chance. Yep. It's uh, as we age, we also kind of look back and be like, oh, I understand why that person had that edge to them all the time. Totally. Because they were in pain, legitimately, like all the time. Totally. You know, get like it. and like because again, we we have it for a few days. Something happens to us, and we're just like, I mean, I, I'm betting like tennis elbow, and I'm like, how do people do this? Mm -hmm. Like, like I was like, I, I'm not gonna be able to play golf this year because of this thing, right? So it's uh, like again, you you start putting the pieces together, and then you understand again, like that. It just take this one thing off. The, the world changes to you. you know. Here's the quote that I live by for the business. I say it every day. A rich man wants 10,000 things, yep. but a sick man only wants one. I think it's from Confucius. Yep. Naval says it, but I think it's from yeah, Confucius. Yeah, yeah. And the idea is, you know, it's person, obviously it's not man, but the idea is when you're sick, the only thing that you can focus yep. on is getting better. And so the people that we're really trying to help are those people. Yep. And so, you know, we hope that we're not gonna be a silver bullet that's just gonna heal their chronic pain. But we believe through time and energy and persistence mm -hmm. that there absolutely is hope for them to completely get into remission with their chronic pain. Yep. And we've seen it. You know, it's anecdotal because we've seen it in say hundreds of patients at our pharmacy and it takes a huge commitment and a plan and patience 
but you can absolutely do it. And that's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, uh, I think that's maybe a good place to wrap up because I think honestly, like you're, what you're trying to do is it's a long journey, both, both with the business. I'm, I'm, I love, again, I started the podcast with this, that I love seeing like the progression of the businesses, right. And being able to come back. And a part of this was be able to connect with other entrepreneurs like yourself. So I'm glad we were able to kind of uh, stay connected. And then also it's just like, I'm, we are helping this person. It's a long battle and we're going to be with you right next to it. And we're going to be creating products along the way for you. Right. So, um, I appreciate it. Again, where can people go uh, uh, connect with you? Uh, socials, what's your um, website? Where can people go buy? And uh, when can they maybe see on QVC? Yeah, so uh, thefeelgoodlab.com and then at the Feel Good Lab on all the socials. Uh, I'd love to connect with anybody personally, whether you have questions about you know pain or entrepreneurship. My email is ryan at thefeelgoodlab.com. And QVC, as of passing this morning, my gut tells me we'll be on air in like two, three weeks. So we're packing up yep. 6,000 units right now as we speak at the warehouse to get that uh, shipped in in the next week. And, and uh, that's definitely going to hit your babble, uh, battling. Is it babbling or battling? Battling Barb. Battling Barb. That's going to hit That's going to hit Battling Barb hard, right? Yes. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. Our other uh, avatar is Healthy Heather. She's that early adopter, right? Yep. She's the 40-year-old mom that just doesn't have time. But when she learns about us, she's like, oh, my God, I've been looking for this my whole life. Yeah. And she can't shut up about it, too, which is great. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ryan, great to have you on. And uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. Thanks, Eric. Thank you for listening to CT Startup. More Connecticut startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. See you next week. Thank you for listening to CT Startup. More Connecticut startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. See you next week.